At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. What's up? This your boy, Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You heard it straight out of Vegas on a Friday night, going into a Saturday. Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell. And we've got Mr. Steve Fezzik, perhaps the most famous sports batter out there today. I think it's reasonably debatable. And he's here, two-time Super Contest winner. And we're going to be breaking down not only the NBA action, Masters, McGregor, jam-packed hour. Tons to get to, as RJ said, a lot to choose for the Vegas lead. That's our top story on this Friday into a Saturday. We'll go with the Masters. We'll go with Tiger Woods. We'll talk about the massive handle and the immense amount of interest in the Masters because Tiger is back, but he wasn't back. He played, but he didn't play real well. He is plus four through two rounds. The cut was five, so he's in. He'll play the third and fourth rounds, but man, if you had one of those tickets that got down to ten to one for Tiger to win or thirteen to one, it ain't looking too good right now. Well, I'll tell you. Well, it wasn't looking too good when you bet it. Remember the old Chris Moneymaker who won the two thousand and three World Series of Poker, which really uh, set off the poker boom. I mean, it was his name. It was him being an unknown that won. Moneymaker through the satellites. 
And I mean, Fez, you're a poker guy too. I'd say Moneymaker was the biggest one factor to the the boom. Agreed? Agree 100% because everyone could relate to Moneymaker. I could be him. Nothing special about him. $40 satellite winner, main event winner. I agree. So here's the analogy. What Moneymaker ended up doing after, he used to go around wearing a dead money t-shirt, right? Because that's what they would say about recreational poker players. They're dead money. To me, that might be a little strong, for Tiger Batters, and I'm sure a lot of you are out there, tisk tisk, because we were adamant for weeks that all this recreational Tiger money not only was going to deflate those odds, so they were just totally bad bets. Anything on Tiger, if you bet it, you have a bad bet. And we would have said that ahead of time. It doesn't mean you don't win. Sometimes you win bad bets, mm-hmm. but long term, you're not going to. In addition, though, all of that recreational money offered a ton of opportunity with other golfers. And to quantify, I bet more on this Masters tournament personally, and I'm not a big golf better, typically probably double as much as I bet on any other tournament in my life, and I'm sitting pretty. Fez, you made, I thought, the sharp, again, this guy, he's going to, no wonder the books hate you. I mean, they do. I mean, I know you try to deny it. I'm the dirtiest player in the game. And somehow, some way, there was a book on the strip that put up a number. They like it was like at one in the morning, and somehow you gobbled it up. Someone came in late at night and bet Tiger Woods at eight to one, which I, was bad. I mean, you could get twelve to one out there at different places, right? You could have. So obviously, they're not shopping. They just throw a bomb. They bet like thirty k. Yes. So I'm looking at my app, and I can bet no, he won't win. Lay 12 to make one. I'm like, wow, is this a good bet? I like you, RJ. I'm already hip deep betting against him on these heads up matchups. I'm all ready to be rooting for all the best in the world to beat him in straight up matchups. To beat Tiger Woods. To beat Tiger Woods. Doesn't matter. At, I don't have to lay 12 to one. I get out of my pajamas. I rush into my car. I go over to this book before it closes and I get down, bet more, and I laid minus 1,200. A great bet, Tiger, not to win the Masters. And you bet how much? 8,000. 8,000. And people might say, wait a minute, that's not going to win so much. Here's the thing, though. In Cofield, you having five years as a ticket writer back in the day, you understand the book's perspective, right? Fezzik became the book, meaning there were a lot of books out there saying, hey, you want to bet Tiger? Give me 100. And if you win, I'll give you 1,200, right? He was 12 to 1. Fezzik saying, I'm going to make that same kind of bet, whereas I'm risking 12 to win one. And to me, if smart books are taking it at 12 to 1, that means laying it at 12 to 1 uh, is is pretty smart. I'm basically a reinsurer for the book. The last thing they said to me as I was walking out, they said, Fez, you want to bet some more? We're rooting for you to win. Now, when Fez really gets that next level, I mean, he's right there now. <laughs> Look at how happy he is right now. Could you, oh, he lo- I love he's, that line. He's the dirt- We're rooting for you. He's the dirtiest the player right in the game. But... <laughs> I see the point where he shows up in the book like in a robe, you know, like not so much Howard Hughes, but they used to tell stories about Rondi, Rodney Dangerfield. He'd be backstage and, and he'd have a robe. Now, apparently with Rodney, he wouldn't have any pants on. So at, at various times when the robe opened, it was, a, you know, it was a scene, let's say. And apparently he had a, and again, allegedly he had a big golden Coke spoon so he was like shoveling coke in his nose with a rose and, and a robe and no pants. Now, Fez, I don't think you're going to get there, but could you ever imagine going to a book late in a robe? 
I've gone to a book in pajamas, just jumped into the sweats, oh my God. and went ahead and bet. <laughs> I'm not going to ask about what was under the sweats. Fezzik's here, RJ Bell, Steve Cofield, doing the Vegas lead, the Masters here on Straight Out of Vegas. So you explained the last couple of weeks, hey, there's value against Tiger. You just mentioned you got a number to bet Tiger you know, as the book. How, if you can't get that number, you know, in your locale with, uh, you know, the guy with the crooked nose, if you can't get that number to bet against Tiger and you're at a traditional sports book, where's the value? The value's in the other golfers because the numbers are changed so much? Yes, but not so much just in the win pool because when most people think of betting the Masters, betting golf, they think about, okay, so-and-so is 10 to 1, Roy McIlroy 10 to 1, 12 to 1, whatever, so 100 wins you 1,200. Now... I felt like there was some value there in a few golfers, but where the real value is, is the head-to-head. Because you can be mighty right on, let, let's just say for the sake of argument, you're betting a golfer who is 20 to 1. Now, in theory, Fez, and again, there can be extreme cases, but in the typical normal amount of value case, you think this guy's going to win 14 out of, you know, every 14th time, right? And you're getting it 20 to 1 on something 14 to 1, right? That That's a lot of value, wouldn't you say? Oh, absolutely. But listen, you can go a whole golf season, right, not winning a 1 out of 14, even if you bet more than 14 events. It, it happens. So you could have massive value every freaking tournament of the year, and end up going over if you're just betting futures. Doesn't mean in the long, long term you're not going to do well. But man, it's it, it, it's it's the psychology of it is tough. So what do you do? You can do matchups. And for those not familiar, pretty much any golfer that's within a couple of strokes of the golfer you're interested in. So with Tiger, it was the guys a couple of strokes better than him. You know, the guys right above him on the favorites board. And the guy's right below him. So what did you see? Maybe, what, seven, eight? And Tiger would have more than most. How many matchups did you see with Tiger? I saw seven of them. Seven separate ones. Okay. Very consistent. All these golfers were better than Tiger, except for Phil, that was a pick And all the top golfers in the world were pretty much about minus $1.35 to minus $1.40 versus Tiger. And to me, the best bet was Spieth. And that's the one against Tiger because Spieth has been so consistent. I bet him a... I think 11 to 1 to win the tournament too, which it was looking pretty good after day one. Still, I think he's the third favorite now. But the, uh, to me, it, it, the amazing thing about Spieth is his consistency on this course. So to me, that was one of the best bets. I think, what was, I can't remember the exact price I got. Fez, what did you see Spieth at? Maybe 130, 135? Minus 135. And I, I, think I tell you this, I don't, I don't think you get a better bet this year. Than Spieth at 135 over Tiger. And I think you bring up a great point about consistency. It's not just Spieth. You got to worry in a regular tournament, hey, maybe the golfer's distracted. Maybe he's got something else going on. These are the best in the world. They've been primed for this tournament, the first major. And you're seeing that all of these top golfers, other than Sergio, who isn't a top golfer and had that one bad hole, they're all consistently right around that minus two to minus four right now, uh, two rounds in. So your best matchups were. Spieth, Justin Rose, these are all against Tiger Woods. Dustin Johnson and Paul Casey. No, the first I was, three Casey, I Casey doesn't well, look but here's so the good. Thing. The first three I mentioned are all up 
big, at least six strokes on Tiger. And it's for the whole tournament, right? It's not round by round. It's the whole tournament. Exactly. And then Casey, the one that you're like, well, he's struggling. He's one stroke behind. He's yeah. five over. He made the cut. So he's, he's alive. And Tiger is four over. Sometimes you get a ton of value and still lose. But this is really the manifestation of what value is supposed to give you. You make four bets. You got three that are, what, 85 plus percent now, probably it's fair to say. And you've got one that's a coin flip. That's what you're looking for. So as you listen to the show, remember they told you fade Tiger Woods. So through two rounds, they're both in good shape. Now, I will bring the square chair perspective. Because as always. often after you guys win or as you guys are winning, I'm like, why didn't I follow them? So I'm going to get the advice ahead of time. What I like to do in majors is look for someone who is five or six strokes off the pace. I expect the leader to come back, and now I want some value. I want a lottery ticket. Because now you can bet the updated odds. So why is don't you there, give us a, a stupid what, play in general, or do you need the odds first? Well, give us a rundown of the okay. odds, because I think the listeners yep. are going to be interested. And I'll tell you my approach, and we'll get Fez's. So Patrick Reed leads. He's 9-under. He's 3-1. to one. Uh, Leishman is 7-under. He's 6-1. to one. Then the pack starts to tighten up. McElroy is six to one. Jordan Spieth is six to one. They're both minus four. Henrik Stenson's nine to one. He's minus five. So only four off the lead. Then you get the threes. Dustin Johnson is ten to one. Justin Thomas is eleven to one. They're both at three under. Then the odds get a little longer. This is where I get interested, right? Justin Rose seven off the pace is twenty-two to one. Bubba Watson seven off the pace is twenty-two to one. Ricky Fowler, good golfer, right? Thirty-three to one. You, that's about the highest number. Twenty-five probably in uh, Las Vegas. And then you can go on down from there. Even Charlie Hoffman, who's seven off the pace, is eighty to one. Uh, Tony Finau is a hundred to one. He's also seven off the pace. Now you might as well keep reading. You can actually bet Tiger you still can bet Tiger. if you want to throw away even a little more money. Do you think people will take advantage of this? Oh, and when yeah. I say advantage, it's two fifty to one. I think they'll actually get good action at books at two fifty to oh, one for sure. Because I, I might do it because because <laughs> I'm now, the square listen, there. I think you're admitting a little too much. I mean, <laughs> like we like candor here. I know, but I don't think you have to go that far. Uh, but well, but let's, but, let's, but uh, a lot of people are thinking ten bucks. You know, let's take care of business here, and then I want the answer. If I hit on anything that is any value, I'm sure. Bezik will. I don't know what you're going to do. Maybe you'll crush me. That's on the way. Should you be betting the Masters from here forward with the updated odds? Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. It's Steve Cofield, RJ Bell, and Fezzik. Is in the wise guys chair. And these guys were pretty wise before the Masters saying, do not play Tiger. Play against him when you can. And Tiger Woods is 13 off the pace at plus four going around three. So remember the movie Oscar winner from the early 70s, Patton, right? About George or George C. Scott played General Patton. And the very end of the movie is so awesome because, you know, Patton at the end is on top of the world. They, they win World War II, spoiler alert. And, and, but the very last end of the movie, it says when the Roman, conquering Roman heroes, you know, generals would come back, they'd throw a big, they called it a triumph, a big parade for them. And they would parade through like all the animals from the conquered kingdom and all the spoils. They go, but behind that general, there'd be someone whispering in his ear, glory is fleeting, which... I think he's probably a good life lesson. So we were strutting around in the first segment because I think we did give the listeners a lot of good value. But I will say this. I was feeling pretty proud of myself. So I don't watch a ton of golf 
and I work, you know, a lot in the day, obviously. So I wasn't watching the Masters today. So I looked at the scoreboard at the end of the day, and I see uh, Mark Leishman or Leshman, I'm not sure, was third. And he was one of the guys, other than Tiger, I actually keyed on. And he was, you know, a real long shot. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah, I am in great shape. And then I look, and one of the guys I played him against, you know, upon advice, was the leader Reed. <laughs> so it was one of those moments I'm like, yeah. And then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not over, but hey, glorious fleeting. So I always ask you guys about these lottery ticket scenarios. So I just ran the odds by you uh, the rest of the way in the tournament because uh, some of the folks who are struggling, Tiger Woods, you can get it 250 to 1 now to come back and win from 13 down. But there are guys within six, seven strokes who can get somewhere between 22 and 75 to 1 to win the tournament. Just suckers bet, or can you find some value in here? Here's my two pieces of advice on this. One is, it's not how many strokes they're back. It's that plus how many people they have to pass. So imagine there's one golfer at six strokes ahead, and you are thinking of betting the number two golfer. He's got to make six strokes up on one guy. Not easy, but imagine a scenario where there's 10 people between you and the lead, but you're still six strokes back. Now you've got to golf better than 10 people. So I think one thing people under betters underestimate, it's how many strokes you got to come back from and how many people you've got to pass. And I think you got to look at the people you need to pass. It is going to be very tough for someone to come that's currently a two under and win this thing when you got Spieth, McElroy, Johnson and Thomas, all at three and four under. Mm-hmm. Unrealistic mm-hmm. to think that one of them's not going to finish at seven under. Great point. And here's another way to think about it. And I'm sure there's a more advanced golf handicapper that has an algorithm that can do this perfectly. But think about it like this. is Vegas is predicting the leaderboard by their future odds. Right. So in a way, if you looked at the leaderboard, you could say, okay, Roy McIlroy was the favorite by a smidge, so he's going to win. Spieth was second, so he'll be one back. And and the thing I'm imperfect on is, is it one stroke here, or how you know do you bunch you know five or six people, three behind? However, you do that, there's a projected score sort of in, and I guess each golfer has an over under. I think at some books where you can actually see the over under. So here's what's fascinating. Let's say you've got a guy like Spieth, who was one of the favorites, ahead of you. Or let's think of it the other way. Reed is ahead of Spieth. But the question was, entering the tournament, how much better was Spieth supposed to be than Reed? Let's just say uh, five strokes for the sake of argument, which seems like a decent estimate. The over-under, if those two were faced off and you were going to have like a minus five strokes, that sounds about right, right? I mean, Reed was 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 in that fifty to one, sixty to one range, right? Yeah, about a stroke around, and maybe one extra stroke in case it's close. Yeah, maybe nerves. you know some range. Okay, so the theory is, unless you're going to total re- reevaluate Reed, which I don't think two rounds can really do that, and if anything, the pressure of the third and fourth round gets even tougher. You got to assume, okay, then is in this case. Spieth is supposed to pick up two and a half strokes the rest of the way. So what people underestimate is it doesn't matter who's leading after day one it does, or day two. It doesn't change what their projected performance would be in a tournament. So if you had Rory McIlroy up a couple strokes, 
he'd be a much bigger favorite right now than Reed because we would project Roy to perform better in day three and four than Reed. So you might argue that because the favorites have played well and they were originally 10 to 13 to one, don't be freaked out that they're six to nine to one. There might still be some good value. Absolutely. If anything, think about it. Even though Spieth is behind right now, if I, when I bet Spieth at 11 to one, he's what right now? You six said six to one. Well, if I have an 11, that means but you that Spieth that, has a better chance now yeah. than he did before the tournament started. And that's why you bet it at 11 to 1, because normally Spieth would be 6, 7, 8 to 1. So you well, saw a value there because all the Tiger money pushed everyone down. Which is another whole point, but, but which is that Tiger money gave better odds to, to his competitors, right, in the futures pool. But what I'm saying is, even though he's, what is he, four shots behind now? He's five shots behind. Five shots. Yeah. You would think five shots behind, oh, that's not good. Well, he has about double the chance of winning than he did entering the tournament, which again, if I can have an 11 to 1 ticket that's 6 to 1 halfway through the event, I'm happy. And it makes sense that his odds of winning have gone up. You basically got 50 guys that could win this tournament, and he's in fourth place. I think he'd take that every time, every major, the rest of his life. And when you say 50 guys, you mean entering the tournament? Entering the tournament. Okay. Last thing on this, because this is a great tip, but I'll make it quick. Daily fantasy, fantasy sports... And betting, it seems very similar, but in many ways it's not. In football, I've known a lot of good daily fantasy guys, guys making you know some real money at it that are horrible gamblers and sports bettors, and vice versa. But there's one sport, and I don't know much about tennis daily fantasy, so I'm not going to speak to that. But amongst you know baseball, basketball, football. The correlation between your ability to handicap daily fantasy and your ability to handicap the Vegas odds, game odds in those, not correlated much at all, right? Golf, though, is pretty much the exact same bet, meaning what are you doing if you do daily fantasy? You're trying to figure which golfers are going to score well, on the, you know, high on the scoreboard, which are going to be poor, well, that's what we're doing. If it's betting the future, if it's betting head-to-head matchups. So, guys, go find, and I've been tweeting out some of the guys, at RJ in Vegas on Twitter is my account. Go find fantasy guys that you read them and like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. And that is perfectly great information to use with your Vegas betting on golf. It is the one sport where the fantasy and the Vegas betting is, is very, very, very similar. So this will be a strange one for straight out of Vegas because uh, we could come in here tonight and make some picks for USC 223. But frankly, the event on Saturday night in Brooklyn got completely overshadowed by the lunacy and rampage of Conor McGregor. So I want your take on this. And we've actually got some betting numbers on the future of Conor McGregor, the biggest star in combat sports next to Floyd Mayweather. I've got a wild theory on this one. But Steve Cofield in the square chair, I want you are... <laughs> a UFC expert for many years you wrote for Yahoo sports uh, about UFC and covered it for other media outlets. So, you know, UFC quite well, you let me make a, a major bet on UFC and lose. And I you tried. just were smirking. I you mean, I don't think is, it was on purpose, but... You know, it's funny since that and rubbing it in, I don't think I've won a really <laughs> good bet since. Maybe, so maybe the that. experts on a bad run. <laughs> karma, baby, <laughs> karma. But, but... Peace and love, peace and love. <laughs> but what I'll say is this, is I want to hear what the media take is. I heard Colin Cowherd today right here on Fox 
national radio. And Colin was like, man, when I heard the story initially, I thought it was a work. You know, I thought it was a put on. I watched the tape. Maybe, and this is again Colin saying, maybe I feel a little less sure to put on, but I still think it could be. So I heard his take that it was a put on. What has been the, the general media take? Which media? Uh, let's say the savvier UFC media. They don't think it's a work. But I, I'm starting to think they might be getting worked a little bit. Oh, now tell me, I well, like this. it's just changed throughout the day. So the, the casual non-MMA media keeps saying that it's a work. And because of the injuries that were suffered and the fact that the guy had to turn himself into NYPD, the MMA media is like, that can't be a work. You knocked three fights off the card. That is terrible. That's just completely awful. But then there was something that came out later today that really got me. Dana White, for the last 36 hours, has said this is the most disgusting event in the history of the UFC. Criminal. Yes. Is what he said. Disgusting. And within the last five hours, he released extended footage of the incident. And it ran about 30 seconds. And then at the end, it was like, UFC 223, pay-per-view, buy it. And everyone's like, I thought you were disgusted. So now I'm wavering. You know what just hit me? How much would it help sales if they said, before the main event, Dana White is going to do a live interview with Conor McGregor in the middle of the octagon, and maybe they pay McGregor $3 million to do the interview, how, or I don't know what the number is, but it had to be, how much does that help pay-per-view buys? I, I don't know, 10 15% in terms <laughs> of buys, because this was not going to be a well-received card the way it's going. Wow. Without, without all of this around it now, and I don't, I don't know if it'll equate to... Uh, buys for this card, but I think in the future, Conor McGregor now, I mean, he's legit, you know, on the street, badass, who people are like, wow, this guy's crazy. To me, it feels like a mistake is being made if you say, well, the outcome of this couldn't have been what they wanted. Because all the time, you do things where the outcome is different than you expected. The question is, based on the actions that McGregor took, could that have been a reasonable put on or to use the pro wrestling parlance, a work WrestleMania weekend? We will have WrestleMania odds tomorrow. You can, people are going to say, what, how do you bet WrestleMania? Well, you're betting the storyline, right? We'll have WrestleMania odds tomorrow on the show, 10 o'clock <laughs> Pacific to midnight straight out of Vegas right here. But to me, Steve, and we're going to go to scores in a minute is I agree with you. The outcome isn't what they wanted. But if you are throwing me- some metal railing or whatever, which feels like wrestling too, right, at a bus, you don't expect anyone to get hurt, do you? No. So it feels like the idea, well, they wouldn't have wanted you know, uh, uh, the police involved. They wouldn't have wanted anyone to get hurt. That is unexpected. Just like Colin said, stunt guys get hurt all the time, and that's really planned out. So to me, I don't think people getting hurt should preclude that that's what they planned. It, it, it's they they perhaps planned to put on and it just went awry. There are odds out there about Conor McGregor's future. One particular bet I think is one of the dumbest numbers I've ever seen. But first, Kevin Figures with the latest. All right, guys, late games in the NBA wrapped up. The T Wolves beat the Lakers in Los Angeles, one thirteen to ninety six. Minnesota did have five starters 
finish in double figures, including Jeff Teague, who had 25 points, as the T-Wolves are now a game ahead of the Nuggets for the eighth seed in the Western Conference. The Pelicans with a victory over the Suns, 122-103. to Anthony Davis, 33 points and 11 rebounds. The victory for New Orleans ties them for the fifth seed with the Spurs and Thunder. Raptors beat the Pacers, 92-73. to Toronto clinches the top seed in the Eastern Conference, as well as the most victories in franchise history with their 57th win. Game of the night in the NBA, the Sixers beat the Cavaliers 132 to 130. It's Philly's 13th consecutive victory. Ben Simmons with 27 points, 15 rebounds, and 13 assists in the victory as Philly jumps to third place in the Eastern Conference over the Cavaliers, who now fall one game back into the four seed. Online car shopping can be confusing, not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. In Major League Baseball, the Angels overcame a six-run deficit to come back and beat the A's 13-9. Shohei Otani with his third home run of the season. Justin Upton with a three-run home run as well for the Angels. Padres beat the Astros 4-1. Brewers walked off the Cubs 5-4. Blue Jays over the Rangers. Pirates mollywopped the Reds 14-3. Orioles with a 7-3 victory over the Yankees in 14 innings. And of course, golf at the Masters round two. Patrick Reed shot a 6-under 66. He sits atop the leaderboard with a two-stroke lead over Mark Leishman. Tiger Woods was three over 75 on the round, 13 shots off the lead. Back to straight out of Vegas. Thanks, Kevin. So, RJ, give your full theory on what you think the plan was from Conor McGregor, and if you believe the UFC was tied into it, Dana White has denied that vehemently. I don't think he was. Here's the thing now you got to remember. What is David or, or what is Dana White's interest? Right. So he, my understanding is, and again, Cofield, you're the expert, he got his equity money out when the sale happened. So he owned, what, about 10%? He made uh, about $300 million, about 10%, yep. Okay. But he now has, as long as he's in the position he's in, he has a profit share that's equal to his equity before. So once a second sale happens down the road, he won't get that money. But all the money made in the interim is is he's getting a tenth of it. Correct. Okay. So what's his interest? Is it to make a bunch of money or is it to keep his job? All right. So I don't think Dana White, unless he got the sign off from like some executive board, you know, at the company that owns them, which it seems like having all those people involved, you know, there'd be legal issues. Uh, to me, I think if the company hadn't been sold, this might be an outlaw type move that Dana White would make. But he's risking, you know, what, the next seven? I mean, if you had to have to over under, how long would Dana White be running the UFC? Wouldn't you say, I'm just going off the top of my head, I'd say over under seven and a half years. He's a young guy. Probably close. Right? I can't tell. Month to month, I can't tell. I can't tell if he's acting that he's completely anguished. or He could certainly walk up at any point and just make his own promotion. But I you, think don't he, think he I has think, a, you don't think he has a strong non-compete in that contract? Yeah, maybe right. he couldn't start something up immediately. I mean, it's probably a two or three year non-compete. Maybe. Yeah. And all I'm saying is this. It, he's making a lot of money now. Right, and he already you know put three hundred in his three hundred sticks, as they say in billions, in his pocket. <laughs> is the it seems to me the the reward's not worth the risk. So here's my th- for Dana White. Right, here's my theory. Conor McGregor made a hundred million dollars from the fight against Mayweather. He's set financially. I don't think he has any great motivation to go back to UFC. And we talked about this on our podcast, and it's called Don't Bet On It. Cofield and I do. We did another hour 45, baby. We always say a little less, but we keep it going. 
is we break down the biggest stories of the week and the hot takes, and we judge them from a Vegas perspective, cold cash over hot takes. And we talked about, Cofield, that there's at least two fighters in McGregor's weight class that would be favored over him. And this, right these, are the, these are the book numbers. I don't know that they could post them, but these are by power rankings. Khabib Nurmagomedov would be probably minus 250. He's the wrestler, and it's, that's the weakness of Conor McGregor. The other guy, Tony Ferguson, would probably be 160, 170. Now, I've seen numbers on Ferguson-McGregor. It's actually flipped around. Because you have to account for all the action you get on McGregor, but he would be a dog so let's call by what, the power rankings against at least two one fifty fivers. Let's say one coin flip right against a guy hardly anyone's heard of that's not a hardcore UFC fan. Yep, and McGregor would be like less than a one third chance to win against the Russian. That I'm even a bigger underdog to pronounce his name. <laughs> and the so, Russian was in that bus, and that's why he was throwing stuff. And the Russian had attacked a teammate. Now those are the roots of all this. If you believe one hundred percent that this was real, and it's just like. Russian gang against Irish gang. Except gangs don't throw things at buses. <laughs> so here's my theory. <laughs> he has no... It's like, I, I'm scared of this Russian gang. Oh, I, I would be too. Yeah, I think they're going to throw something at my car. It's like... No, I get it. To, to your theory, if they wanted to get the Russian and his guys, they would have waited at the hotel or on the street where they're they're not in a bus. And it, that, it never looked or like Conor McGregor... at least they would have tried to get in the bus. That's the point, right? It never looked like Conor McGregor was trying to rip the doors open to the bus. <laughs> Even wrestling works where they'd be trying to fight yeah. their way into yeah. the bus, right? Being held back. Yeah, so... And remember, if he's a 250 underdog, I don't think he wants to meet this guy. So here's the thing. McGregor wants to walk away from the UFC. Maybe he boxes because, I mean, there's been all kind of rumors that he fights like Pacquiao or something, like a guy below Mayweather. He could probably make another 50 in a fight like that, right? So uh, you're nodding. I'm agreeing with you. Yes, 100%. He would make big money to fight at least uh, two or three boxers. And if he loses that one, it's like, hey, he's supposed to lose. But if he goes back and loses to the Russian, and let's say he loses one more, where's it? Where does he go from there? Right to the WWE? Really? I mean, well, I think he's by his standards grinding it at that point for ten mil a fight. They'll still book him in fights. He'll still be really big, but he made a hundred. But his self-image. I'm sure yeah. the money matters. Yeah. But this is a guy who is self-image in a way. His narcissism, McGregor's is what makes him so fascinating. You know who else has your back on this theory? Paul, uh, Paulie Malignaggi, who sparred with him, and Malignaggi's a longtime boxer, now an analyst with Showtime. He believes that this was all a ploy by McGregor to get suspended. Okay, now. So last, we did our podcast <laughs> about 24 hours ago. Damn you. And what was your response there? Skepticism. I said uh, 3% of work, 97% this was real. Okay. And that, your theory, I thought, was ridiculous. All right, ridiculous. You can be a little kinder. Now, <laughs> is there was someone that tweeted that, that's a former MMA guy other than the guy you talked about yeah. that also agreed with me. Sean, o- Sean O'Connell does a bunch of work on... Sirius XM, the fight channel on uh, channel 93. And he was going through a whole stream of tweets saying, eh, there's something fishy here. This is the goal of Connor to get the hell out of this Khabib fight. Okay. Now a guy and this guy was on the herd. If I remember the sparring partner you were talking about, he seems to really be plugged in. So what was his exact take? Just, he wants, he doesn't want to fight. Uh, he doesn't want the UFC anymore, but if he walks away, he looks a little wimpy this way. He can, he can build his brand. Hey, what, what got accomplished here? We're talking about McGregor on national radio, Sirius 83, Fox Sports Radio. Okay. And 
Fezzik's saying the next thing he does, I want to watch it. And he's a peripheral fan of the <laughs> UFC. And if Dana, and, and let's be candid, and you've got insight in, or, you know, your media here in town in Vegas about UFC, Dana White and McGregor genuinely don't like each other. I don't know if they don't like each other. They butt heads a lot over money. Okay. They're both is it just guys. Is it just money? Because it seems like it's personal. It's mostly money, but it's a power struggle. Dana White has never had someone that's been his equal and could tell him to screw off for a year. I'm not going to fight. So, and it was funny because when I saw some uh, selfie type video Dana White did, he's talking about, can you imagine trying to get this guy to interviews? Like, he's still thinking about he, he, he didn't show up for that one promotion or mm-hmm. whatever, right? Oh, yeah, he was pissed off at him. He dropped him off a card. This, as I've told you, and let's tell the national audience, to me, this is Floyd Mayweather and Bob Arum all over again. Okay. Floyd came to the realization, like, I don't need him. I'm making a lot of money. I want more, more, more control. So if McGregor is an ego guy, which it would seem clearly that he is, right? And, and again, kudos because he's, he's used that fuel to drive him to great success. He, what is he accomplishing? He's building his brand massively here. He's uh, bolstering his street cred. He is getting out of the UFC because he'll get suspended or something, which he wants to anyway, and he won't look like he's wimping out, and he gets to stick the knife in the back of Dana White on the way out the door by hurting the UFC, because I actually believe this hurt. I think this helps McGregor, but I think this hurts the UFC because of the whole human cockfighting type. Oh, these people are so wowed, yeah. right? Yeah, I think people will forget, but... Uh... There really is no out the door, though, for McGregor. He's still going to have to work with UFC. He'll just make more money. They still have his rights. He's for how not, he, long? I, you know what? I don't know how long this contract is. Six or seven fights. He can't box without their permission. They were part of the promotion. So, so it's a number of fights. It's not, it's not a, uh, a calendar. It's not like three years he's out. I think there's both elements to it, but generally it's six or seven fights. But yeah. it's very much a pro, uh, promoter's contract because actually when you lose then your salary goes way down it's not like hey you get 20 million dollars to fight you actually are not treated like a champion you don't get big money anymore let me give you the ridiculous prop that was up get your reaction to this last thing on conor mcgregor if you're done um will the ufc issue conor mcgregor an outright release in 2018 no minus 240 yes plus 165 that's not a very good payoff but no minus 240 they are not it the ufc is not releasing Conor McGregor. That will not happen. They just had someone buy this company for $4.2 billion. They bought the fighters, and this is the guy they have left. John Jones is gone, and Ronda Rousey is wrestling now. Here's the last thing I'll say about it, is if it's not a work, if there's not some strategy, then how crazy is McGregor? Because throwing things at a bus with 40 gang members or you know your own gang around you I hope to shout there's some logic to it, because otherwise it's crazy. NBA, we had a big game tonight. What does it say about the Cavaliers that they fell short? LeBron misses free throws. Man, the Sixers are on fire. We'll get updated numbers on the Eastern Conference and get you a look at the NBA playoffs uh, coming up here in about 10 days. Straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Back here on Straight Out of Vegas, it's brought to you by Hooters. Get to Hooters, try those new smoke wings. It's a whole new way to crave wings, and with all the taste and half the calories, you can eat twice as many. Hooters, Steve Cofield, RJ Bell, Fezzik is in the Wise Guys chair. Time to turn our attention to the NBA and look to the Saturday slate. But first, let's talk about motivation at the bottom of the East. Six, seven, and eight, you think, are playing for what? Yeah, this is a unique 
opportunity, and I like opportunities. Fez, you are, I think, a master at late-season NBA handicapping, where motivation is such a key. Now, some stuff is obvious, right? Teams that are tanking, that are going for that draft choice, whatever they were willing to do in February, right? The la- or January, even. The last couple games, they're going to be more inclined not to care, right? Or maybe even want to lose. Now, that's easy. So if you just say, I'm going to fade these lose, you know, these tankers, you're not going to do very well, right? Because everyone kind of knows it. Yeah, so you're probably going to go 50-50. Now, in theory, if you're a playoff team, you would think, okay, that team wants to fight for number one, wants to fight. But I think one thing you've helped to see, Fez, and we did do our Dream Preview podcast this week, in which we it's a deep handicapping dive. A lot of these teams, even if they're not locked in a certain position, they're not actually, you know, if they get fourth or fifth, yeah, obviously they went home court. They get second or third. Like, it, it's not something that's super motivating. So though a lot of teams seem to have something to play for, sometimes their motivation is less than 100%. Absolutely. And they're looking ahead to who they might be playing in the playoffs. And we have a unique situation coming up here in the Eastern Conference. We have a number two seed, RJ, and as you know, everyone wants to play them. And I think that is what's unique. But to finish the point I was making first is if you just look and say, oh, okay, the Houston Rockets, for example, and they've got a big game tomorrow – Right, So Saturday in the NBA, the Rockets are at home hosting the Thunder and the line six and a half. And you're like, wait a minute, six and a half? Uh, home field's about, home court's about four. You're telling me that the Rockets are just a smidge better, <laughs> right? Well, the Rockets are locked pretty much, I think they're officially locked into one. So now the question is how much motivation do they have? So if a team's locked in, it's questionable motivation. Now, I would say because of you know, some history with a certain Rockets player in OKC might be some extra motivation to knock him out because Cowherd on the herd made a great point today. OKC is probably the most talented team in history that wouldn't make the playoffs if they somehow get knocked out of the playoffs here. You would think Harden might be pretty motivated to help them down that path. And they might be motivated to win this game to knock OKC down to the number eight seed so they can beat up on them in the playoffs also. I don't know if I'm okay. If I'm Houston, I don't want OKC. I mean, there'd be other eights I'd want, right? But here's the point that I... So here's the first thing. It's not simple. It's not playoff teams are motivated and non-playoff teams aren't. It's not that simple. So warning, here's an opportunity. Everybody in the East wants to play the Celtics, right? If you could say Raptors, Celtics, or Cavs, or Sixers, right? Whoever gets the three, and today Sixers now have taken... The lead on that, and that's, I think, so bad because LeBron would actually have to play Toronto in round two and then likely the Sixers in round three. That's tough, right? But here's the thing. If you're six, seven, or eight, and the Wizards, the Heat, and the Bucks are locked in to six, seven, and eight in some order, I think unequivocally that seventh spot is bingo as fast as you like to say. And because of that, I think the teams that are eight, a team that's eighth, you're going to think they're playing super hard because they want to get to seven. And if a team is six, 
I think they might <laughs> not quite be playing so hard because they want to get to seven. So we'll talk about it more tomorrow. But amongst those three teams, whoever's eighth, expect them to play really hard. Whoever's sixth, expect them maybe not to play so hard. Tomorrow, bigger look at the NFL draft and the odds and also WrestleMania. Jonas Knox is on the way. We're back on Saturday, 10 o'clock Pacific, straight out of Vegas. Straight out of Vegas! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.